this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Monday Matinee, your weekly series of live plays, classic drama and comedy, and a variety of audio drama from the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Once again, our 2015 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre, adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players from around the world. I'm David Alt, and with Jack Ward, we are your hosts. Welcome to the Playhouse. more than once. Dear Rudy. Oh, yes. Well, uh, of course his name is Rudy David. It says right here. Oh. Rude L. Coney to be performing live an episode of Sherlock Holmes for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse this evening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, of course it's rude. It's the rudest thing I've ever heard. I meant... I thought his name was Rude, a kind of short form for Rudy. Well, that's what we call Rudy Valentino, anyway. Was that because of his mustache? Never mind! I finally figured out how we can get a foothold in the world dominance of the financial means, David. David Leopold Roth. If you hold your stallions and mares one second, I will explain. I am currently writing a letter to this one rude alchemy. 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 Why is that word so familiar? I feel, as a scientist, I should have come across it at one time or another. Probably a giant plant or something. Never mind! It took us considerable effort to locate a patent troll, under his bridge of course, to convince him to give us the patent for the invention of deduction, in which we... <clears throat> Nothing, actually. It's, uh, it's quite a trifling amount. <laughs> all right, all your backup clones. <sighs> Look, if you stop Dying as a guinea pig to my expect <laughs> I mean, as a valued lab assistant. Oh, yeah. Never mind! 
we will replenish the rats with David Lee Ross soon enough once we extract three, uh, no, once we extract two, two million dollars, it never pays to be greedy, David, from these rude alcoholics soon enough. Uh. And then we will begin my, <laughs> my master, <laughs> my master plan. <laughs> before the show begins. No more interruptions. <laughs> David, I said no more interruptions. <laughs> Do you want the general cuff? <laughs> Fine. What is it? <laughs> Why did you go and do that for? Why? When I asked for the typewriter, it was absolutely understood that there would be paper in it. <laughs> Great. Brilliant! Uh. Never mind! Another... <laughs> <coughs> Another plan! David! Uh. Oval team! <laughs> That's rather nice. Good evening, listeners! <laughs> it's Andy Wertner here. We welcome you to the first ever... Rude Alchemy Live Special. This idea came about because we were asked by the Sonic Society to record a classic radio play as part of their Summer Stock series. Also, we've been toying with the idea of live streams and or live events for some time, and we had no idea how to actually execute one in real life. Uh, So, this is an opportunity for us to kill two birds with one stone and record a classic radio script while also experimenting with the live stream medium. Hopefully it won't blow up in our face! (laughs) We thank you for joining us on this wild ride, and as a special bonus, if you make it all the way through to the end, we will be revealing the title of our next season, which begins on Sunday, June 28th. Also, we're broadcasting on Mixler, and there should be a chat feature as you listen, so feel free. Actually, I'm going to bring that up right now, see if I can see it. Okay, I see seven people are listening, guys. That's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. And, Hi. And <laughs> exponentially oh, more than we expected. Uh, <laughs> so feel free to send us messages as we go to distract us and hopefully make this already futile effort even more difficult. <laughs> this evening, we will be presenting a classic script from the series The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. It was originally aired in 1947. Andrew Kane will be playing Holmes. Ryan Whalen will be playing Watson. And we're down to five. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And Tom Hodgkin and I will be playing various other characters down to one no just kidding just kidding all right uh music music is composed by benjamin j robb so without further ado we present the adventure of the tolling bell 
Crammel Hair Tonic and Crammel Shampoo present The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, starring Ryan Whalen as Dr. Watson and Andrew Kane as Sherlock Holmes. Now, once again, it's time to keep that weekly appointment with our good friend and host, Dr. Watson. Good evening, Dr. Watson. Good evening, Mr. Announcer. As usual, you're punctual to the minute. <laughs> Pull up a chair and make yourself comfortable. Thank you! That's it. I see that you have the old black tin dispatch box out again, Dr. Watson. I deduce that you were going over your notes on tonight's case. Mmm, elementary, my dear boy. Among the records I came across some notes of some cases that I'd almost forgotten. The shocking death of Crosby the banker, the Adeltine tragedy, and some data on the unusual contents of the ancient British pharaoh. Those stories sound pretty intriguing, Dr. Watson. I shall tell them to you some other evening, Mr. Announcer. Tonight I'm going to recount an adventure that took place in the heart of the beautiful English countryside. I call it... The Adventure of the Tolling Bell. Well, that story began in a small country village of Conforth. Holmes had recently brought to a successful conclusion the affair of the Barrow and Furnace wheelchair murders, and we decided a few days' rest in nearby Conforth would do us good before returning to our arduous life on Baker Street. We were staying in a small but comfortable inn. Only on the morning of the third day... I remember Holmes and I were in our bedroom, waiting for those two essentials without an English country gentleman could not start his day. An early morning cup of tea and a jug of hot water for shaving. Mmm. As we sat there at the open window, a nearby church bell was tolling a funeral knell. There there must be a, a funeral in the village, Holmes. An astonishing deduction, Watson. All right, there's no need to make fun of me. Impressing sounding, isn't it? I suppose so. Has it ever occurred to you, Watson, that the history of bells is full of romantic interest? Well, I, I, I can't say that I've thought about it. Almost every historical event has been accompanied by the sound of bells. They summon soldiers to arms as well as Christians to church. Many mm. a bloody chapter in history has been rung in and out by bells. Well, you seem to be a mind of information on the subject. Yes, Watson. It's a fascinating subject. Come in. Come in. Well, good morning, my dear. Pardon me, gentlemen. I brought your tea and your shaving water. Mrs. Michael said to say your breakfast will be ready in half an hour. Oh, splendid, Marion. Oh, Oh, ah, uh, Mary, the church bell is tolling a funeral knell. Do you know who's being buried? That I do, sir. I wish it was me. It will be my turn soon. <laughs> hmm, poor little thing. I wonder what's the matter with her. I have no idea. Uh, but perhaps her father or mother just died. Or or a young man, yes, I, I, I bet that's it. She's a pretty girl. She'd obviously been crying when she came in. Perhaps that's her fiancé they're burying now. Watson, you have the sentimental imagination of the true storyteller, but we've come here for a holiday. You must give your imagination a rest, too. So, drink your tea, remove your whiskers, and we'll go downstairs and investigate those kippers. Mm. <laughs> 
like your kippers, gentlemen? Uh, excellent, Mrs. Mickle, excellent. Uh, never eaten better. Yes, indeed. Uh, by the way, Mrs. Mickle, we heard the funeral bell tolling earlier on. Do you know who was being buried? Yes, I do. Two souls were being buried, and one of them was a murderer. <gasps> a murderer? Lord, in this peaceful village. What happened, Mrs. Mickle? Old Threadgold, the corn merchant, found out his wife had been gallivanting around with a young fellow from Bolton. Cut mm. her throat, he did, and then hanged himself. Morty? Thank you. Shocking! So the peaceful countryside is not as peaceful as it's made out to be, Holmes. Uh, thank that I frequently had occasion to point out to you, Watson. Has the morning post arrived yet, Mrs. Mickle? Oh, here comes old Gilly up the path with it now. I'll see if he's got anything for you. <sighs> A murder. What do you make of it, Holmes? What is there to make of it, Watson? A jealous husband murders a faithless wife and then commits suicide. A tragic story, but a simple one. Top of the morning to you, gentlemen. Good morning, Gillian. Any letters for me today? Aye, Mr. Holmes. Two letters. One of them's got some newspaper clippings in it, I think. And you got a postcard from a Mr. Lestrade. He wants you back in London bad, Mr. Holmes. There you are. <coughs> Pardon myself, Gilly. You've been reading Mr. Holmes's private correspondence? <laughs> Bless your heart, Dr. Watson. If I didn't read other people's correspondence, how would I know what's going on in the village? Hmm. You were right, Gilly. It is newspaper clippings. And, by the way, you heard about the murder of Mrs. Threadgold, I suppose? Heard about it. I told the bell this morning at the funeral. Did you say that you're the bell ringer as well as the postman? Bless your heart. Yes, Doctor. President of the Choral Society, too. As well as being on the Perry's Council. You're a busy man, Gillian. Yeah, that I am. Take this afternoon now. I'm to ring those bells again. Not another funeral, surely? No, sir. A wedding this time. Oh, I am glad to hear it. Young St. Perry is marrying the Slater girl. And you might say I'm responsible for bringing them together. Got some of their letters mixed up, I did. And they looked each other up and met uh, up to exchange them. And uh, presto, before you know what's happening... They're getting married. Regular Cupid, you might say I am. <laughs> Be off with you, Gilly. Other people want their letters. Mr. Holmes doesn't want his kippers spoiled with your idle chatter. All right, Mrs. Crabapples in vinegar. <clears throat> one of these days, one of these fine days, your smile and the world will come to an end. <laughs> Good day, gentlemen. Talkative old busybody he is. Oh, Mr. Holmes, Mrs. Lachlan's in the hall. The poor old lady is most anxious to talk to you. Mrs. Lackland? She has the seamstress shop on the high street. Her only son ran away from home a few months back. I think that's what she wants to speak to you about. Oh, but my friend's here for a rest, Mrs. Mickle. I told her that, Doctor, but she won't go away without seeing Mr. Holmes. Oh, very well. Ask her to come in, please, Mrs. Mickle. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Oh, I do bother to see her, Holmes. Sounds like a trivial matter. The disappearance of an only son can never be a trivial matter. Oh, well, I meant trivial for you, not for her. Oh, this is 
Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson, dear. Thank you, Emmy. Good evening, sirs. Good morning. Good morning. Please sit down, Mrs. Lackland. That's it. Now, what's the trouble? It's Tom, sir. Me only son. He left me four months ago, and I've not seen him ere night of him since then. You've had no message from him since he left? Not one word. I'm fair out of my mind, sir. Have you any idea of his reason for leaving the village, Mrs. Lackland? None, sir. He was a good boy, and he worked hard, and he didn't fool around with those flippity-jibbit girls in the village. I think he's met with foul play, gentlemen, and I want you to find out for me, Mr. Holmes. Find out about him. I've heard him say, I've heard say in the village that you're the greatest detective in all of England. Mrs. Lackland, I'd be glad to help you, but you've given me no clues to work with. I'm afraid that I... Uh... If it's money you want, I've got twenty pounds in me poster savings. It's all yours, if you can bring my Tommy home. Or at least tell me he's safe. Mrs. Lackland, I wouldn't dream of accepting a fee. However, I shall give your problem some thought. If I arrive at any conclusions, I'll get in touch with you at once. Oh, God bless you, Mr. Holmes. Good evening to you, sirs. Good day. Good morning, Mrs. Lackland. Poor old thing. I don't see how you can help her, Holmes. Nor do I, at the moment. But a young man who has, got, has grown up in a small village like this may have led life that his mother is totally unaware of. You said that you have to work on one of your stories today, Watson? Uh, yes, I have a letter from the editor of The Strand magazine. Yesterday requesting a manuscript as soon as possible. Splendid. Then you must stay at the inn and work on your latest masterpiece while I scour the village to see what may be found out and about the missing young man. I was beginning to think you got lost. Hello, Watson. I trust you had a profitable session with pen and paper. Oh, I got about half a chapter. I would have done more if it hadn't been for those infernal bells. The wedding ceremony that the worthy Gillian told us about this morning. Oh, I'm tired. What did you find out about Mrs. Lackland's son? Among other things, that he had a secret love life unknown to his mother, and the object hmm. of his affections was none other than the maid who brought us our tea this morning. Mary? Did you talk to her? No, it's her half day off and I was unable to find her, but I shall question her when she brings our tea tomorrow morning. C come in, Mary. Come in, Mary. Oh, Mrs. Michael. Michael. <clears throat> no, no, Michael. Oh, my apologies. Good morning, I'm gentlemen. also sorry. Please... <laughs> So wait, is it Michael or Mickle? Is it morning or evening? <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Here's your tea and shaving water. Where's Mary this morning? She didn't come to work. Must be ill again. Not a reliable girl. And no better than she ought to be, if you ask me. It's no job for me to be carrying tea and hot water upstairs. And Sherry, no doubt. I hear the village bell tolling for another funeral. Does Conforth have a burial every morning? I really don't see how the population can run to it. It's another suicide, sir. Another suicide? Good Lord! Old John Letterby, the baker. 
He was expecting some money from his son in Australia. It never came, and they foreclosed on his shop, and he hanged himself. Will you be wanting a couple of boiled eggs to your breakfast, gentlemen? No, no, I, I haven't much of an appetite. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Ugh, that woman seems absolutely heartless. She almost smacks her lips when she tells us about these tragedies. Yes, Watson, I noticed. This peaceful village is beginning to seem strangely sinister to me. And since you have no appetite for breakfast, perhaps you'll join me in a little excursion as soon as you're dressed? Of course. Uh, Where are we going? To see the maid, Mary. I'm anxious to talk to her before another funeral bell begins to toll. Hmm... This must be the cottage home. They said it was the one with honeysuckle over the gate. Yes, and there's Mary sitting on the porch. Oh, she's got up. She's coming to the path to meet us. Astute observation, Watson. Good morning, Mary. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, why have you come here? Not to ask about my health. Why should a servant girl matter to gentlemen like you? Oh, you misjudged us, my dear. I assure you that we... No, Watson, let's be honest and admit we didn't come here because of our concern for Mary's health. (sighs) Then why did you come, sir? Mrs. Lachlan asked me to try to find her son, Tom. Tom? Yes, Tom Lachlan. I thought you might be able to help me, Marion. If I could help you, Mr. Holmes, I'd be helping myself, too. Here comes Gilly, the postman. Gilly? Gilly? Is there a letter for me today? No, lass. There's nothing for you again. There must be, Gilly. There must be. No, lass. If the letter would come, I'd bring it to you as fast as me legs would carry me. You know that. Morning, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson. Left some letters at the inn for you, Doctor. You had a letter from a lady. Butcher, I mean, Gilly, how did you know it was from a lady? Reeked with the smell of violence, violets, it did. And it was written in green ink on grey paper, sir. Amazing deduction. That sounds like your young friend from Dallas, Watson. How did you know about... <clears throat> I mean... I don't have a young friend from Dallas, Holmes. Quite. Gilly, you told another funeral bell today, didn't you? Aye, sir. And a tragic thing that was. Old letter be hanged himself because he didn't get the money from his son in Australia. I found him, I did. I was the one to cut him down. And right in front of me post bag was the letter he was waiting for. The letter... That would have saved his life. Great Scott! What a ghastly piece of irony. Mm, That it was, sir. That it was. Well, gentlemen, I'll be on my way. Good day, good day, Mary. Uh, Perhaps that letter will arrive tomorrow. No, I'll never hear from Tom now. He's ashamed of me. That's why he deserted me. Deserted you, Mary? You speak almost as if you were his wife. I am his wife. What? We were married secretly in Rochdale five months ago, come Tuesday. And he never told his mother? He was afraid to. She thought I was beneath him, which I have been on occasion. Tom said he'd go away and get a good job and then return here and fetch me back with him. He went away all right, but he never came back or sent me a word. 
when he left. Did he give no clues to his destination, no hints of any kind, Mary? Wait, he did once say, Mary, I'm going to clear out to this puddle and make me fortune, even if I have to bury it. And then he said, bury me fortune, huh? That's a joke, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know what he meant by it. I think I do, Mary. Watson, we're taking a short train journey as soon as possible. Uh, uh, Oh? Where are we going, may I ask? We're going to the town of Berry in search of this young lady's husband. What Hmm. makes you think Tom might be in Berry, Mr. Holmes? Because the famous fortune cotton mills are in Berry. It would seem possible that when your husband joked of burying his fortune, he was talking of going to the mills there. Wherever he's gone. He won't be coming back for me. I know that. Oh, shh, no, 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 no. Come here. That's all right. (laughs) Let me stroke your back. Yes, you have lovely hair. Now, don't talk like that, my dear. Please. No, no, don't, don't. No, let me, let me hold you. I'm going to stand over here. John, John, John. Yes, Holmes. Get on with it. Remember. You have friends, Mrs. Lackland. How much longer is Holmes going to be? He leaves me standing outside the factory gate as if I were a blasted coachman. Oh, oh, there he is. There he is. Holmes! Holmes! Hello, Watson. Permit me to introduce you to Mr. Tom Lackland. Tom, this is Dr. Watson. How do you do, Dr. Watson? How do you do? Never mind how I do, young fellow, me lad. How do you do? Your behavior has been absolutely shocking. Shocking! Now what are you talking about? Leaving your dear old mother and deserting your pretty and voluptuous and supple little bride. Because you're ashamed of her. You are a scoundrel, sir. You deserve a good... Horse whipping, and I have a good mind to give it to you. I don't know what you're talking about, Dr. Watson, but I don't like the words you use. And if it's violence you want, I don't mind telling you that I'm amateur heavyweight champion of the county. You are? Okay, all right, no need to become aggressive. Let's not waste time on being acrimonious, Watson. Let's get back to the station as fast as we can. The return of the prodigal is long overdue. We must give them every opportunity to kill the fatted calf. Ah, there's Mary's house. I'm dying to see her. And after this reunion, Tom, I suggest that you both go over and see your mother. I'm sure she'll forgive you. Yes, Mr. Holmes, I'll I'll do that. Uh, Perhaps we should have warned her. Your, Your sudden appearance may be something of a shock. I think it's a shock that uh, Mary can handle. Oh, she she must be out. Uh, the door's locked. Uh, knock again, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, she might be sleeping. <sighs> Great heavens! That was a revolver shot! Come on, Watson. Help me break in the door. Yeah. Uh. 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 Sorry. 
<laughs> now, Dr. Watson, that was a fine place to break off your story. You left me right on the edge of a cliff. Had the young girl shot herself. She'd shot at herself, Mr. Announcer, but fortunately, her last-minute lack of courage had made her shot go wild. Holmes and I and the young bridegroom burst into the house and rescued the smoking revolver from her lovely hand. I must confess the reunion between the two young lovers was as a was <clears throat> I must confess the reunion between the two young lovers was a touching sight. In fact, I um I felt considerably older than I was as Holmes and I stood there listening to Tom reassuring her. Mary, darling, it's all right. I'm here. Tom, you are. You, you did come back for me. Oh, I thought you never would. I tried to kill myself. <laughs> but I hadn't the courage. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about that, Tom? Just a second, Mary. Uh, Mary, while we're waiting for Tom... I don't want to hear anything uh, from you! Do you I don't want to hear anything from you! No! You're the other reason I tried to kill... Okay. There, there, Mary. Oh. Everything's going to be all right now. It will be, Tom, won't it? Oh, I'm so tired. And now, Tom, I think the time has come to reassure Mary that you did write to her. Oh, of course I did, Mary. I, I sent you money, and I, I told you that I, I'd be back here to take you to Bury as soon as I, 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 I'd saved up enough. You wrote to me, Tom? Twice a week. And I wrote the mother, too. Then why didn't I get the letters? The answer to that should be obvious, my dear. Gilly the postman deliberately withheld them from you. Gilly? Great heavens! But why? I have my suspicions. Strong suspicions. But I have to get proof. Tell me, Mary, the day before yesterday, Mr. Threadgold murdered his wife. Do you know how he learned of her infidelity? Well, I'm not sure. But I did hear Mrs. Mickle say it was through some letters she got mixed up. The letters addressed to her were delivered to his office instead of at the house! Mm, Gilly again. Precisely. Surely the whole terrible pattern begins to take shape. Tom? Yes, Mr. Holmes. I'm going to lay a trap. To spring it, I shall need your assistance. Of course, Mr. Holmes, I'll do anything. Wait here with Mary until darkness falls. Then muffle yourselves up and go to your mother's house. Wait there in hiding and let no outsiders see you until you hear from me. Since you two lovebirds have been separated for four months, I don't imagine that will be too unpleasant. <laughs> Quiet, Watson. Uh, all right. Quiet. All right. Shut your mouth. I just. You understand, you know, Tom? Uh, yes, Mr. Holmes, thank you. Good. Come on, Watson. Uh, what's your plan, Holmes? I'll tell you as we go. One thing I can promise you. <laughs> One thing I can promise you. Before the sun is very high tomorrow. <laughs> We're up to six. I shall free this village. <laughs> From one of the most subtly evil powers I've ever come in contact with. Oh. <laughs>
Good morning, Dr. Watson, Mr. Holmes. Uh, good morning, Mrs. Mickle. Good morning. I always said that Mary was a no-good girl, and now she's killed herself. But, of course, I had to come to her funeral. That's very charitable, Mrs. Mickle, I must say. In any case, the vicar says the poor girl was of unsound mind. Yes, madam, you can't blame her. Well, I'll be getting into the church. Holmes, this farce is beginning to get on my nerves. What are we accomplishing by burying an empty coffin? You'll see soon, old chap. Come on, let's slip into the vestry. This way. Mm, old times. <coughs> Where are we going, Holmes? Up the stairs that lead to the belfry. Here they are. Well, supposing Gilly turns nasty when he finds out we know his secret. Then we must handle him to the best of our ability, Watson. Well, I, I must say, I, I do not relish the thought of a tussle high in the belfry of a church. The man must be insane. Obviously. That's why his power must be destroyed. His door apparently leads to the belfry. Keep your wits about you, Watson. <laughs> Good morning, Gilly. Uh, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, you, you, you've, seen, you've come to see me at work. That's nice of you. Now, not often I get company up here. We haven't come up here to see you at work, Gilly. We know your diabolical work only too well. Yes, Gilly, we know your secret. What secret's that? You're mad with power, Gilly. You've tried to control the destiny of this village. In your position as postman, you thought you have the power to give life and death. That I am, sir. And it's a great power. Makes a man feel good. Almost like a god, you might say. That's sacrilege, you scoundrel! You were responsible for the murder of Mrs. Threadgold! Aye, sir. That I was... And for the old man hanging himself. You were responsible for John Letterby's suicide, weren't you? That I was. Letterby tried to vote me off the village council. I swore I'd make him pay for it. And I did. Your reign is over, Gillian. You'll never toll a bell again. The only one you'll hear will be a prison bell. You can't touch me, Mr. Holmes. You've got no proof. <laughs> it's nothing you can do. Don't be too sure. I have enough influence to take your job away. You, 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 you take away my bells? I, I live for these bells. You, you, you wouldn't take them away from me. You couldn't live without the power they give you, could you, Gilly? You're trying to destroy me. You are already destroyed, Gilly. <laughs> yes, you've already failed. Mary's alive. Uh, alive? But, but the coffin, the... Burying down there is full of stone. You'll be the laughing stock of the village, Gilly. Oh, they'll never laugh at Gilly. You, you can't touch me, Mr. Holmes. You, you, I, I'd be on you still. He's running up the ladder leading to the bell tower. Come back, Gilly. Come back. He's mad as a hatter. Quite. What's he going to do up there? He, he, he might set fire to the steeple. Could make any madness. I'm going to fetch him, Holmes. No, Watson. He drew a knife as he fled, 
And with that rickety staircase and the narrow opening leading into the bell chamber, you'd never stand a chance. He'd get you on the first ledge. How are we going to get him down? There's only one way. He's in a tiny loft containing his beloved bells. We'll see how much he loves them at close quarters. Mm. I doubt if even he can stand the noise in that confined space. Where's the bell rope? Come down, Gilly! Come down from there! Stop! Stop ringing me, Bell! Not until you come down, Gilly! Stop ringing them! I I can't stand it! You'll make me mad! You are mad, Gilly. Mad with power. Come down, I say! I'm coming! Great heavens! He hurled himself out of the belfry! Holmes, he hasn't the chance of surviving that fall. I had no intention of causing that unhappy man to jump to his death, Watson, though I can't help but feel that his poor, demented mind may find a happier oblivion this way rather than in the confines of an asylum. Yeah, you're probably right, Holmes. (laughs) It's been a shocking case, Watson, shocking. And once again, it proves the old saying that Violence does not intrude recoil upon the violent. Mm. And, and, Mm -hmm. the schemer falls into the pit which he digs for another. another. I was going to say that one too. Absolutely. Spot on. Now, Dr. Watson, what about next week? Well, now, let me see what's left in here. Well, next week, I'll tell you a rather gruesome story about how Sherlock Holmes saved the life and the sanity of a certain Count Ramanea. I call it The Adventure of the Carpathian Horror. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was suggested by an incident in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Golden Pince Niz. The original Sherlock Holmes series was produced by Tom McKnight, with original music composed and conducted by Alex Steiner. This is the announcer speaking for Cramel Hair Tonic and Cramel Shampoo, and inviting you to be with us next week at the same time when Dr. Watson will tell us... The Adventure of the Carpathian Aura. And we're out. Oh, Are we still live? Are we still We're live? Still live. We're just We're done with alive. that part. And that was fun. That was an experience, gentlemen. Uh, just for clarity's <laughs> sake, was. though, we will not be back next week. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Is anybody left? Is anybody left? There's still the five, the five oh. stalwarts that Stalwart hung in there. Listeners. Yeah. But Thank we, for you all so we, much. for all we know, that's just five computers. There could be like thirty people around each computer listening to that's us. Good point. Absolutely. 150. Right. Rough 150 That's house it. count for tonight. That's what yeah. it's gotta be. I did hear about people having parties. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hosting really? Parties. Really, Tom? <clears throat> no, not at all. Oh. Well, that was lovely. Do we want to... Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel Jazienski. She oh. says, hi, gentlemen. Our old stage manager, boys. Yay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yay. Anybody chat, else chat want to weigh in that they exist? Let's see. And no. I hope my parents are trying to figure out how to use a keyboard right now. Oh, some, bless some, them. Someone just joined on right now. Yeah. Ooh, too hey. late. Oh, sorry too about that. Too you late. Miss, but you might hear the announcement. Yeah. You uh, are that's gonna, right. That's cheating a little hear. bit. But you are going to hear the were, announcement. You were supposed to be required to uh, listen to that first. So uh, anyway...
let's have let's have Ryan. Ryan is going to announce. Oh, Ryan gets to do it. Yeah. No, no, that's that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. He's going to announce the title of our next season, which begins on June twenty eighth. Ryan, take it away. Uh, were you going to send me that in an email? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Our next season will be entitled The Plague Clowns. Mm. Dun, 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 oh, dun. It's beautiful. And dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, yeah. One more, one more bonus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a link in the chat right now to um, the trailer for that season. Nice. So you guys can watch that early, and I'll post the um, – po- that's, an, that's an unlisted link right there. So I'll post, yeah. I'll post a public link tomorrow, but you get it tonight, a whole 12 hours before the rest <laughs> of the peons and the unwashed masses get to see that drink oh, it oh, up and i oh one more thing right now I, I meant to do this i'm gonna go ahead and play some music for our next season too so that's another preview for you here it goes it's playing right now um yeah so boys why don't we uh that why don't benjamin we... j rob i tell you yeah he's that. he's really good nothing but talent nothing but talent yeah does anybody else have anything uh, they want to say? Otherwise, we could just leave on this music right now. Yeah, let's, let's leave on the music. Let's do that. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> so when does that go up on the feed? We're, you just have to stop talking, actually, Tom, if we want them to still hear the music. You just have to. I thought we were off. No, no, we're, no, we're, we're still we're on. on. We're waiting for the music to end, and then we'll go on. I thought we turned our side off, though. That's what I'm saying. No, I can't do that. I'm going to turn the whole thing off as soon as this music is over that you've now ruined for these good people. But Especially with Tom, we should have let him know that we're still alive. Uh... <laughs> Thank God that was the only thing I said. <laughs> that There's was... a lot there. We just, we're playing hot potato with plutonium here, folks. <laughs> All right, that is it. Thank you, folks. And I'm going to sign off and uh hopefully we'll we'll uh, have you downloading us on june 28th for our third season the plague clowns good night goodbye <laughs> ryan are you gonna say goodbye again good night. goodbye take care uh, thank you here we go goodbye time this week's performance for Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
There are many things that we can all do that may help stop the spread of the coronavirus. But one thing we can all do is to have a plan in case you do get sick. First, consult with your health care provider for more information about monitoring your health for symptoms suggestive of COVID-19. Second, stay in touch with others by phone or email. You may need to ask for help from friends, family, neighbors, community health workers, or more if you become sick. And finally, determine who can care for you if your caregiver gets sick. For more information, go to cdc.gov and be well, everyone.